Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown. I am the host of the Orchid Blooms podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Orchid I Brown. Don't forget to follow the Ambitious Obsession Network on Twitter at the Ambitious Obs and Instagram at the Ambitious Net. I hope you liked the Sex and Energy podcast episode that I dropped last week. We will be transitioning into a new topic today on spiritual awakening. Spirituality is something I talked about in the Soul Ties episode, and I wanted to dedicate an episode to spiritual awakening and hopefully learning more about the third eye. So this will be a two-part episode. I have been interested in learning about this, so we will be learning together. Let's start with spirituality. What is it? It is defined as the quality of being concerned with human spirit or soul, as opposed to material or physical things. Spiritual enlightenment is something a lot of people are seeking. Most people are starving for that in all areas of their lives. The term enlightenment is popular and trendy because people are trying to find their way in this world. As a human being, we experience a lot. We go through things that can sometimes break us. The practice of enlightenment is not an easy journey. In a world full of chaos and human emotions, it is hard to act from a place of love, being understanding without judgment. Life has so many expectations in all areas. There is no opportunity to release yourself, to let it go, and move on from situations that are not for you. Spiritual enlightenment is about awareness, self-awareness, awareness of the world, awareness of the people around you. It's being mindful of what goes on within you. It is what goes on with the people around you. Learning how to release yourself from your pain and suffering as well as releasing yourself from other people's pains and suffering because we do take on that burden, especially with people that we love. You become less triggered, less provoked negatively. Who doesn't aim to experience that in their lifetime? I have met people who have sought enlightenment through drugs. Of course, it never works because once you come down from that high, you are exactly where you were before. There was no change internally. You didn't participate in the journey by putting in the work so you can learn. You were just high. It's false. It's momentary. Whatever you you learn in that moment will not be useful going forward because you wouldn't put in the work. You fell right back into what you did before, your bad habit. Then you make the active decision to pursue the drug so that you can feel enlightened. Feel enlightened. I really like that feeling. Most people who experience enlightenment sometimes feel like they're high, but they're not on drugs. It's just that airy feeling like you are floating in space. It's such a beautiful thing. I've experienced that. And so when you are experiencing this under the influence of drugs, that's not it. You can't get love and understanding from a drug. It's a lie. Running away from the pain and suffering won't be helpful either. And that's something that you can get uh, with drugs. Drugs give you a way to escape. It's an escapism lifestyle that a lot of people live where they don't want to face their problems. They don't want to face how they have contributed to the pain that they are feeling currently in their lives and just want to hide away from it and to float above it and to act like it's just not there. But it is. We need the pain and suffering to fuel change within ourselves. There is truth in it. That's the only way you will truly be awakened connecting with yourself on a deeper level it requires that you are completely honest with yourself no lies no blaming others and no excuses receiving enlightenment can sometimes feel as though you are going through the seven stages of grief the first stage is shock and denial you may deny the reality of the loss on some level in order to avoid the pain shock provides emotional protection from being overwhelmed all at once you will experience mourning sadness confusion and discomfort you have to experience that to move forward stage two pain and guilt 
Once you have moved past the shock and denial phase, you start to feel pain. It can sometimes feel unbearable. You need to experience it fully. No running away. Face it and feel it. The drugs can't help you. Neither will alcohol because it's just a momentary experience that these drugs and alcohol are providing you. You will still return to your body and you will still feel that pain and that pain can continue for a much longer time if you continue to avoid it. You will have feelings of guilt, of remorse over things you did and didn't do. It's chaos. You may feel sadness, guilt, depression, and betrayed. Yes, you can feel betrayed by yourself. (laughs) I do all the time, especially when I make mistakes. That doesn't hurt the other person, but it hurts me a lot more. We do the worst to us. There is a reason why self-love is a trend. We don't love ourselves enough, so people keep pushing it. We post about it. It's a constant reminder that we need to love ourselves, and it's a practice that we need to put in every single day. Stage three, anger and bargaining. The anger means you are angry at the world, angry with God. You lash out on others, then you attempt to bargain with God or the universe. You would say things such as you will stop doing something or change overnight so you can experience that that feeling you had again, the feeling before you lost. You experience anger, resentment, bargaining, and stubbornness, emotions you cannot escape from. Stage four, depression, reflection, and loneliness. Once you have moved past the stage of anger, you feel as if it's all over because you start to feel sad. You go through a period of sad reflection. Encouragement from others will not be helpful during this stage. Then you start to realize that you have loss. That feeling, it's, it's heartbreaking. That loss that you're feeling, like you've, you've lost a part of yourself, a part of who you are, can be devastating. You feel like something in you is gone. Now you become depressed. You will isolate yourself and reflect on what you have lost, how you lost yourself and you reminisce on the past when you felt that you were truly happy. You will feel emptiness and despair. You will feel in this stage depression, heavy, crushed and frustrated. Stage five, the upturn or upward turn. You will start to experience calm and become more organized. Your physical symptoms lessen. Your depression begins to slightly lift. You start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You start to feel strengthened, motivated, and awakened. Stage six, reconstruction and working through. In this stage, you become more functional. You will start seeking practical and realistic solutions. You will reconstruct yourself and your life. You will feel inspired, determined, and refreshed. You will start to love yourself again. Stage seven, acceptance and hope. The final stage, you learn to accept and deal with the reality of your situation. This does not mean instant happiness. You may not be able to return to who you think you are. You will have to move forward, plan for the future. You will anticipate good things and good times to come, experience joy again. You have finally released yourself. You will feel hopeful, comforted, relaxed, and secure. Peace, the ultimate goal for every single person in this, in this world is peace. Spiritual enlightenment means you put in the work. While I was writing this part of the episode, I had a playlist in the background and I could not stop writing. You know, when you're just in that groove and in that moment where I just felt high, like I felt above it all. I felt like I was floating in space. And while I was writing that part of the podcast episode, I just felt light. I felt like air. And I just, I was just writing this episode, writing the seven stages of grief and how important it is to enlightenment because a lot of people experience this in their lifetime and in all areas of their lives, especially when they've come to a point where they feel defeated or they feel as though they're backed against a wall. 
and they've lost something because they've put in so much work to make it happen in their lives and it, it they're just completely devastated and so when when I decide and the funny thing about it is when I was writing this episode the seven stage of grief was not something that I wanted to put into the spiritual enlightenment conversation but the playlist just kind of prompted that and so I just kept writing I just kept pouring into the papers and I was like holy this is a, a direction I didn't expect the podcast episode to go into I, I've never associated the seven stage of grief to be a, a process of an of reaching enlightenment in your life and so the funny thing again is that the playlist that was playing in the background I could that that I couldn't stop writing to it was songs uh, from artists where they are talking about the grief process and and I thought whoa who knew a playlist playing in the black the background would you know spark this this conversation about grief and the seven stages of grief and so my mind ran away with itself. The playlist was, of course, Beyonce's Formation album, which I didn't realize at the time that it, it covered the seven stages of grief. Hold up uh, is anger. Um, don't hurt yourself is pain. Love drought is the upturn. Sandcastle is reconstruction. All night, acceptance and forgiveness. I started listening to to Justin Bieber, Ghost, as well, because a lot of people experience enlightenment, especially after they've lost someone that they love. Could be a family member, a parent, someone you're very close to, could be a friend. And so that changes your entire life because it reminds you of your, your mortality. So the Justin Bieber song, Ghost, you know, I happen to be listening to that song on, on um, TikTok because I was going through TikTok while I was at work and just just for a brain fart moment and when the song came up it just touched me and so I had it in the playlist while I was writing this episode and I thought wow the song ghost you know that's technically how a lot of people feel when they've lost something it's like it could be a person it could be a family member it could be your dream that you have to let go of and it just feels like a ghost once you've gone through the enlightenment process and the seven stage of grief harry styles as it was was another one that i was listening to as well i even stopped writing and got up and started jumping around and dancing it was great these all represent the seven stages of grief in some way a lot of people are unaware they are going through these stages in their lives writing this I came to the realization that I have been through this, the seven stage of grief, in you know more than once in my lifetime, in a relationship that I had to let go of, with dreams that I had, and through the enlightenment process, I've come to realize about all these situations that it really wasn't for me, and I had to break that down in in that process of of grieving the loss of that when it comes to some of my dreams and my plans in my life i realized that it really wasn't mine it was maybe what a parent had put in my mind that this is the direction and a path that i needed to go down and i just did not have the ambition or motivation or discipline to follow through because it wasn't my dream and then when you finally let that go after you've been holding on to something like that for years you have to now try to figure out who you are and what do you want out of life and what would make you happy and so when you start to to go through that that process of of grieving letting go of something that really wasn't yours but for some apparent reason you've taken this dream on that wasn't yours and adapted it to yourself i even started dressing the part to, to suit this this dream that wasn't mine. And it took months, sometimes years to let go of that, to let go of, of, of that idea that that was my life when it really wasn't. And after going through the, the stages of grief and getting to the end and I look back at it, I realized I wasn't really happy pursuing that dream. I wasn't really happy dressing that way. I wasn't really happy, but I faked it. And I told myself I was in constant denial and saying, no, this is what I want. Like, this is the best path for me. Like this, you know, a family member said that this is the right thing for me to do. And it turns out it really wasn't. So now I'm lost. Now I'm lost. 
I had, I didn't know myself anymore and I, I also didn't know where my future was going to end up. The morning of losing myself in my pursuit of happiness or what I thought would make me happy, the death of a dream is devastating. Death of a loved one is devastating. There are so many chaotic things that happen to us in our lifetime where we experience the seven stages of grief through all of them. Some people seek grief counseling, and if you can do so, by all means, definitely go and do some grief counseling. For those that can't or won't find the means to do so, or they can't find the means to do so, you will need to tough it out and embrace the stages when they come and learn from them. These stages will humble you. You will find a new way to love yourself and understand your actions without judgment. Keep in mind, finding spiritual enlightenment and awakening does not mean that you're going to be automatically perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. And people who seek perfections are usually people who are not confident in themselves and they are not enlightened and they are also not awakened. They're still stuck in the trap of society where they believe that everything has to be perfect. Everything has to look a certain way. You are not allowed to feel. You are not allowed to be devastated. You are not allowed to be heartbroken. You're just supposed to pick yourself back up ignore the grieving stages and just float through life that doesn't exist no one is perfect perfection is someone who has seriously low self-esteem if this is something something that they are seeking and so it took me a while to to understand that and it was funny because i happened to be watching a youtube video and i don't know if it, i think it was vanity fair i watched it months ago i think it, i believe it was vanity fair and it was like a round table of actors. And I think Hugh Jackman was there. And one of my other favorite actor, um, Ali, I forgot his name. How did I forget his name? But he starred in Green Book and he starred in a lot of, of, of really good movies that came out um, years ago. And I think he's now being cast as Blade. So he was one of another actor that I really liked. And then there was a bunch of other actors there that I really loved and some new actors I've never seen before. And I remembered Hugh Jackman saying in that episode, because I just had it as a background noise while I was uh, writing an episode or planning out the topics of podcast episodes. And I like to have background noises. And I remember Hugh Jackman saying, I stopped what I was doing to listen to him because what he said was so profound. And he was saying that, you know, he was doing a movie and he was portraying somebody and he went to meet this person and he he sat down with this person and he said listen i'm trying to make this role as as perfect for you as possible i don't want to portray you in a way that you aren't and i am meeting with you because i want to learn more and i want to understand what you were thinking when you were going through all of this and try to portray that in the film the best way i possibly can and he said that the person he was portraying sat down and looked at him and said why and he's, he thought, what? He's like, the, the lack of confidence. You're an exceptional actor. So why, why do you feel like this role has to be perfect? Why do you feel like you needed to portray me in, in a perfection light when I'm not perfect? And so Hugh Jackman was kind of shocked and he didn't, he didn't know how to respond to that. And the person said, listen, people who seek perfections are people who are insecure, people who have no confidence, who have no faith in themselves. And I sat there listening to it going, damn, like I've met so many people who strive for, per, for perfection in their lives. I mean, every single area and aspect of their lives is fueled with, with being perfect and so when things don't go according to plan and things aren't perfect as they thought it would be it's almost like the world crashes and burns and they just fall into the pits of despair and it's just over for them and they turn into like goo on the floor that if someone stepped on it's sticky and it sticks to their feet and you just can't get rid of it like that toilet paper you step on when you're leaving the bathroom that shame of of not being perfect just follows them everywhere and they're destroyed for a few weeks sometimes a few months and it really affects their self-esteem and I've watched people do this to themselves and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's so small. Like, what's the big deal? But they take it so close to heart and I just seem like a bitch when I'm like, listen, it's not that big of a deal. Like, move past it. 
everything else was perfect, that one thing no one noticed but you. So let it go. Just let it go. Let it flow. And so when he said that, I thought about it and I looked at areas of my life where I have maybe put perfection above the quality that I was putting into the way that I was living my life. And I thought, okay, when did I decide to focus on making things look perfect and showing my insecurities and wearing it on my sleeve? When did that become so much more important than the quality that I'm putting out there and hoping that people will see my heart while I'm doing something? When did that shift happen? And I realized it's when I was associated with those perfectionists because they made me feel like I wasn't working hard enough (laughs) to make things work. I wasn't working hard enough to make my life the way it needed to be, but they did not understand my journey and they did not understand that where I was at that time in my life, I wasn't really sure where I was going. And I was also basing my decisions and where I was going in life based on someone else's dream and not my own. So of course, I'm not going to to be so dedicated and so not even dedicated. The term is is not correct. (laughs) So I didn't use the right term in that. But just so aggravated and agitated over something happening and working out. And putting that kind of stress and, and, and anxiety on myself. And the funny thing about it is, is that I, I started experiencing anxiety once I started hanging out with these people who are so obsessed with perfection. And so I started adapting that behavior because, you know, they made me feel like the reason, Orchid, that you're not succeeding the way that you should be succeeding is because you are not striving for perfection. And if you're not striving for prote- for, for perfection, then you are just going to end up with nothing. And so when I went through that phase of the seven you know, stages of grief upon losing that dream and realizing that it really wasn't mine and it wasn't for me and kept saying to myself, you know, something is wrong with me and that's the reason why it's not working out. I thought about that anxiety that I developed through that and that anxiety continued through my seven stage of grief. And it took me a while to realize that 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 they contributed to that, not passing blame, because I definitely participated in that lifestyle. I allowed their their need for perfection and seeing their anxiety and their stress and how it was making them miserable and i for some reason i refused to see it i just thought wow everything looks great and when you look at them they just look like a wreck but i didn't see it i didn't see it and so i thought okay if i really want my presentation and everything to look this perfect then i need to be just like them so now i'm adapting other people's insecurities (laughs) into mine and and putting myself on this path where I am choosing unhappiness so enlightenment definitely helped me to like step back enlightenment helped me to realize that this wasn't my path and nothing was wrong with me because I wasn't trying to seek perfection in an area that really wasn't for me and then watching that video and having Hugh Jackman say you know on screen and to other fellow actors that this person that he was portraying in a film basically said to him that you know trying to 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 seek perfection is is a weakness it means you're not confident in yourself. You're not confident in your ability. You're not, you're, you're insecure. And that, that's not going to make people have faith in you. It's not going to make them think that you're going to do a good job because you're, you're misunderstanding the role that you play in this part. There is no such thing as perfection. And so I just wanted people to to understand that reaching spiritual enlightenment or awakening does not mean that you are just going to wake up one day and be completely perfect and honestly I have met people who have not known my struggle have not known how much self-reflection I have done over the years to get to where I am today And they would look at me and they would say, but everything you do is perfect. 
and I'm not trying to be perfect. I just don't care as much. And I guess when I do do it, it just it's fast and it's just whatever. But to them, it's like, wow, that would have taken me hours to do. And for me, it's not the case. I just it's done. Like if nobody likes it, that's not my problem. You can take your insecurity and your bullshit elsewhere. I don't care. I most likely won't see you again after today. So it's no big deal to me. And so they would they would literally come to me months later, some of these females, and they say, like, I don't understand where you get the confidence from. It's not confidence. I just I just lack the ability to care about things that aren't important. It's about priorities. And they're like, but you're so, you know, you just don't let anything affect you. And I said, well, why am I going to drag myself down emotionally, spiritually, any, and, and put myself in such a situation where, where I, I'm killing myself? A lot of people don't understand that when you choose to be stressed and anxious, and trust me, stress and anxiety, is, it's very easy to get and very hard to let go. But if you focus on the little things that really don't matter and you stress about them, that that is going to kill you. That is you choosing death over life. And in life, if you want to be happy, if you want to be healthy, you have to prioritize the things that you can control and the things that you can't control. And so these people would hate being around me because I just don't take the things that they prioritize as important as important. I, I'm not with them on that because it's not important. My health, my life, my happiness. I spend more time in nature. I, I like to have conversation with friends. I, I just don't have time for any of that anymore. And that's what enlightenment brings you. So if you're surrounded by people who aren't enlightened and they're not there yet, they're just going to see you as somebody that's rubbing, rubbing it in their face that they're not perfect. But you're not. No one is perfect. And that is something that a lot of people need to understand. Being spiritually enlightened or awakened does not mean you're perfect. You are still flawed. You are going to still make mistakes. The difference is you're going to let it go and forgive yourself much quicker if you are on that path. Rather, if you are not on that path, you're going to beat yourself up into to a point where you kill yourself. And nobody nobody wants that. So choose life. Don't choose death choose life now spiritual awakening a lot of people would say awakening leads to enlightenment but i feel in order to experience awakening you need to be enlightened inspired a release you don't just wake up and feel enlightened and you have to go through the process to of enlightenment to be awakening it's just I just don't, it doesn't connect in my brain properly because when I talk about enlightenment and based on the, the twin flame story that I had shared in Soul Tie 1, uh, the first episode, that, that wasn't, um, I didn't just wake up one morning and I just woke up and all of a sudden I'm spiritually awoken. I had to go through a process and the enlightenment process is what led me to an awakening a complete awakening to the point where I can't really close that door. <laughs> Not that I would want to, but things in my life had shifted. Things had changed in my life. I started viewing the world differently. And so as much as, you know, you'll go online and you'll read these articles and they're like, oh, you get an awakening and then you get enlightenment. I, I feel it's, uh, it's the opposite way. You experience the enlightenment first and then you become truly awakening. So, Spiritual awakening means an individual individual's ego transcends their ordinary finity sense of self to encompass a wider, infinite sense of truth and reality. This is a higher state of consciousness, which is an eccentric part of what it means to be human. Deepak Chopra says... Awakening happens when you are no longer living in a dream world where you filter everything through your ego and focus on the future and the past. Instead, you have an almost simultaneous awareness of your individual self and that connection between that and everything else. Spiritual Arthur Shannon Kaiser says, Spiritual awakening can be spontaneous, but for most, 
they are triggered by major life changes or trauma, such as life-threatening illness, car accident, divorce, war, pandemics, which is true. (laughs) During the COVID pandemic, I definitely went through a time where I was in meditation in everything that I do, just the thought process of my life and everything in it. So I do agree with that. Quarter life, midlife crisis, mental health crisis, such as clinical depression or anxiety, or even a near-death experience. People who open a spiritual door for you, such as twin flames or soulmates, can trigger your spiritual awakening. As I mentioned before in Soul Ties, in my case, it was a twin flame and it was an enlightenment experience. I felt like it was an outer body experience, like you're experiencing space travel, (laughs) entering another world. It is looking at your life from a more spiritual perspective. It can set you on a path towards awakening. In my opinion, awakening is the end goal through enlightenment. Here are some signs that I would like to go over with you. The first sign is that you become more observing of your patterns. You become a witness to how you do life, outer body experience. That's my definition of that, which leads you to question who you are, what you want, and why you are here. You start to seek purpose in your life. If we look at it in steps, we experience something traumatic that causes all of our human emotions to basically flare up. You embrace it. You go through the stages that will bring you enlightenment. And then you are awakened. You see everything now from all point of views. You begin to reevaluate your beliefs, may even quit your job to pursue your real passion. You're experiencing growth in this first sign, an awareness of the present moment, followed by an impulse to change something. Your priorities change. Sign number two, feeling a sense of connection and compassion. Connection comes from sharing humanity. You may take an interest in your community. You start taking an interest in the people you meet, learning about them, or a heightened awareness of the creatures you share the planet with. May even go vegan or vegetarian, no meat, whatever you want to do. You may even start caring about the planet and becoming more conscious. That is definitely a sense of connection that you might be building. Empathy is your ability to feel what others are feeling, to try on a new perspective. Compassion is an action that is inspired by your empathy. It means to suffer with. People who are in the process of a spiritual awakening begins to notice both a more all-compassing empathy and a more action-oriented compassion that feels normal, natural, and fulfilling. We tend to forget to open ourselves to self-compassion. Self-compassion is composed of three main components, self-kindness, a sense of common humanity, and mindfulness. You may want to be of service. You come to realize that every living thing is inherently worthy and equal. You will feel called to service. It is important to you that you have a cause you can get behind to make your life feel purposeful. Sign three, letting go of attachments. Attachments are how you define yourself. You can define yourself by the car you drive, the shoes you wear, and what you eat, who you spend time with, who you vote for, what you read, and how you spend your money. Once you become aware of that veil, it becomes transparent. It's still there, but you can see through it. And I can definitely say that I have experienced this. Some of the things that I used to value back in the day, I don't value that now. Remember I mentioned earlier in a podcast episode, I was chasing a dream that was not mine. I was dressing to fit that role And I was uncomfortable in every aspect of it, but I didn't notice because I thought and I kept telling myself that this is how it's supposed to be. I was just following what society was telling me to do. And I was believing it. 
until, of course, I went through that breakdown. And that breakdown that led me to led me to enlightenment. And so when I look at some of those clothes or those shoes or some of the things that I used to do, it really wasn't for me. And to be honest, I never enjoyed it. I ended up purging uh, a lot of the stuff that I have and, you know, trying to focus on a more minimalistic lifestyle. And because I was slowly trying to purge, yes, I was struggling with the bad habit of hoarding certain things because I was still trapped in that place where I felt I felt like I was still pursuing that lifestyle when I really wasn't. So it's always, you know, trying to catch myself, noticing those patterns and going, no, this is not for me. Don't go back there because it's convenient and you're used to it. Focus on the path that you're on. You decided that you needed to purge and to cleanse your life. Get rid of things that might have connection to a a bad time or a bad memory. Getting rid of clothes that you were never comfortable in. Getting rid of shoes that you're just not into. (laughs) I mean, nowadays I love sneakers and I wanna wear baggy clothes and sweatpants. And yes, it's not that great, but even when I when I think about, you know, going back to work and going back to the office, like I don't really want to wear the pencil skirts anymore. I don't feel like doing a lot of things that I thought you're supposed to do because that was the image of what my dream was. And it just didn't fit. It's not even my body type. So I had to really be honest with myself. So letting go of all of these attachments did help me to reach a point in my life where I started to focus on me and my self-awareness and my self-love for myself. And now when I go out there and I decide to go shopping, I don't buy everything that looks like a certain industry or what you see on television of of how a woman is supposed to carry herself in that sort of industry. So now it's it's just it's all about comfort and happiness and loving myself. So I'm just letting go of those attachments. Sign number 4, finding your inner peace. Inner peace means when things go wrong in your life, you aren't an emotional roller coaster of anger, frustration and despair. It is a magnifier of positive emotions this part i do struggle with because i work very hard and because i work very hard i always assume that when you work hard things are just supposed to happen for you but sometimes an opportunity is coming your way and you just don't see it coming or the opportunity came and you don't understand because that that's not what you were aiming for and so you can either decide that you don't want that opportunity and walk away and still steer the path that you are on in hopes that you'll get exactly what you're looking for but most times your happiness your peace may not actually be at the end of that path it might actually be that your path is leading you to a different opportunity and you miss the stop you miss the turn and so that's something that i kind of learned over the years i am not as picky as i used to be anymore and just solely focus on things my my eye vision is is now widened it's not as narrow as it used to be now it's a bit more widened i'm seeing everything and i am more optimistic to try new things just so i can learn because the learning aspects makes me happy and so that brings me peace it really does and that includes the people that you associate yourself with that brings me peace as well sign five increased intuition these are all signs of intuition if thoughts objects or individuals all have energy spiritual spiritual awakening human beings seem more adapt to connect with this energy on a regular basis and that is very true sometimes i would just sit in a room and it's a crowded room full of people and i could be talking to someone and somehow i feel like i've left my body while I'm still having that conversation and I'm just feeling the energy in that room coming from every single person and I just feel high from it and in that moment I'd sit there and a person would say to me while I'm doing my out-of-body experience thing (laughs) they said they would say you know you seem really content and you seem really calm and I said yeah because again I have that inner peace and also feeling people's energies in the room just makes me so happy like i just feel it in my my hands my skin my blood my bones i could just feel it and it feels nice i 
don't know how else to explain that. This is, these are just my experiences. You might not have experienced that yourself, but I don't know what it is. I wish I could explain it a little bit better, but I hope you get it. Sign number six, having synchronicity and deja vu. It is the feeling that the universe is conspiring to make everything happen. Some may call this a coincidence, but others believe that these sublime signs are guiding you. Similar to intuition, you will think about someone and randomly run into them the next day or all the time. <laughs> That's a sign you are uh, on a spiritual path. For me specifically, that has happened before where I would have dreams and it's the dreams that that um, was significant to my spiritual awakening is how the dreams led to something, how the dreams was telling me about something. And I'm going to tell you a story and it's, it's kind of a scary story. So I was talking to a guy uh, when I was in university and I had a soul tie with this guy. Um, keep in mind, nothing intimate ever happened with us. But the connection that we had on a spiritual level uh, was was palpable. <laughs> so he he notices everything about me, every single thing about me. I would come into class and I, I had bags underneath my eyes. My eyes were red and I was super tired and he would notice. But he'd act like he's not paying attention. But I know he noticed because after class was over, we'll be walking together and he would just he would just say, you know, are you okay? Is everything all right? And I said, oh, everything's great. I just had a re weird dream that last night. And he would say, oh, what kind of dream? And he's genuinely interested because he was like, you look like shit today. So I told him about the dream. And I told him that in the dream, she's, I told him that the dream lasted for like four days. So I would have the dream, for example, on a Saturday night, I went to bed. And all of a sudden, I'm having a conversation about a guy I used to like years ago. And we were just talking. And then all of a sudden, I look down and there's snakes all around us. And then I said, okay, this is weird. I don't like snakes. And so the next day, I went back to bed and I was hoping it would be over. And then I was talking to another guy I used to like back in the day. And we happened to be uh, at a resort just hanging out. We weren't even together. We just we were just acting like we were just friends. And he happened to be sitting on this this chair in, um, in like one of the patios of the resort. And then all of a sudden, snakes were just coming out of this chair. Of course, it's not like a regular chair that you'd see at a resort. It's like a couch chair. You know, one of those chairs that you can like pull the side and the foot comes up and lazy boy. Yes, lazy boy. And the foot wasn't up. He was just sitting in it and we're having a conversation and we were super excited about it. And all of a sudden, these little snakes just started coming out of the chair and he's sitting there like nothing's happening. And I was like, what the hell? So I woke up from that dream. So technically, I haven't really been sleeping very well for days. So then the third day comes around and I happen to be talking to the guy from the first dream but this time he was sitting on a, a bed in the hotel and I was standing and we were just talking and I don't even remember what we were talking about. It wasn't even about us. It was like a friendship conversation. So nothing intimate. So I was like, why is the bed here? Like, I don't get it. The view was beautiful <laughs> in the scene and everything. I felt like I was there. And all of a sudden, while he's sitting on the bed, like snakes started coming from underneath the bed. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And I mean, every dream, the snakes just kept getting bigger. And then that night before I went to school the next day, um, I had a dream. I was in a dark room. And while I was in this dark room, this gigantic snake comes out of nowhere. But it's coming towards me nice and slow. And I'm shit scared. Like my, I could feel my heart beating. And I, feel, I felt like I stopped breathing because the snake was huge. It was as big as me, but longer. I was like, oh my God, I'm having a dream about a snake about to eat me and swallow me. And I'm going to feel this snake break all my bones as it goes down his little body. And I'm going to die. I'm going to die in this dream. So that's how I felt. So I was freaking out, but I could not wake up. And so once the snake got a little bit closer, I started looking at the snake and I was like, this snake looks familiar. Who is this guy? Or who is this girl? I wasn't really sure who it was, but I was like, they look familiar. Like I know this person and the snake is still coming towards me with this smile on his face, but it wasn't a smile of, you know, I'm going to eat you because I'm so hungry. It was a smile like, Hey friend, let's hang out kind of thing. And I was like, Oh, and then I woke up. 
So I was telling him this dream, and while I'm telling him this dream out loud, I realized that the face was someone I did know. And then as we were talking, and I said, oh my God, it's this dude named Eric that I met years ago. And it really wasn't a pleasant experience. Like he seemed like a nice guy, but it wasn't a pleasant experience. And I said, I don't know. I don't know why I'm having, why he showed up as this gigantic snake. And he was looking at me, literally clutching his pearls, like <laughs> looking at me like, what the hell kind of dreams are these? And what dreams last four nights in a row to lead up to this? So when he said that, my phone rang and the name on the phone was Eric. And he looked at me and he's like, do not pick up that phone. And I, I looked at I said, whoa, what's going on? He's like, you've been having four dreams that led up to this dream where the snake looked like him. The person that's calling you right now, block and delete, block and delete. <laughs> that's what he said to me. So eventually after he was finished, you know, calling and, you know, he, he wouldn't let me leave. He was like, let's just sit down and relax. I think it's because he needed his heart to stop beating because as I was telling the story, because I'm a very good storyteller in that moment, I could tell that the dream really freaked him out. Like it freaked him out so bad that he was just tense and clenched and, you know, he needed to breathe because while he was listening to me talk about this dream, I guess he was holding his breath <laughs> because it was so intense how descriptive I was about it as well. And then I received a text message while the phone was in my hand. And I looked at it and this guy's like, hey, friend, just like the dream, just like the dream. And he looked at me and he's like, block and delete, block and delete. I will sit here, block and delete. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. He took it so personal. So that's what I did. I blocked and delete. The man started following me on social media. Didn't even bother following him back. I hope he got the message. But yeah, that was an intense dream. And I do also notice that certain dreams that I was having always ended up leading to a deja vu. I felt like I was in the matrix <laughs> with this spiritually uh, spiritual awakening because I would literally have a dream maybe a week before and then you know, the next week I'm just going through life. At this point, I'm not even thinking about that dream from the week before. And then I end up in the exact same situation, having the exact same conversation with the exact same person as was in that dream. So deja vu is something that happens on a regular basis. And I always feel like I'm dream walking every single day. Like I wake up in the morning, I take my shower, I eat my breakfast and I head out to work and I'm doing what I need to do. And then somehow through the day, something would happen and I feel like I'm still back in that dream that I had some time before. And I'm having the exact same conversation, everything is normal. And then once the conversation's finished, I'm like, am I still sleeping? Like that's the state that I find myself in every single time I have deja vu. Which leads to the next sign, Sign number eight, your dreams are more vivid. Not only is your waking life more vivid as a result of spiritual awakening, but your dream life may become more vivid too. How they connect to your journey may become more apparent as well. The ninth sign, your relationship begins to shift. Spiritual awakening are transformative and the people in your life won't always be able to appreciate that. You will also meet people who are on the same journey or path that you are on and connect with you based on that experience. You may even lose people due to your new path. And that is something that, you know, we kind of all have to live with. A lot of people might not understand your journey. They, they have not received that in, enlightenment as of yet. And so if they don't understand they won't be able to meet you where you're at so yes you might lose someone for some time and as i mentioned in the story prior um that that friend who was asking me you know where do you get your confidence from like why do you seem so secure in yourself and it's really due to the fact that i went through my journey of enlightenment and i've come to a point where i am awakened awakened to everything that is going on in the world I see things clearly. And so it was very difficult for her to process what what I'm going through. She she believes that it was something that could just be learned 
and not experienced you have to go through that journey you have to find yourself spend more time with yourself connect with the things that you love truly find an inner peace and happiness that you have within you because only you can make you happy you can't look around you and believe that it's everyone else's responsibility to make you happy it's your responsibility to make you happy and you need to learn how to be happy with the smallest things in life Because that is where the happiness is. If you're looking at the bigger picture and you're like, no, everything has to be in place, you're never going to be happy. But those little things in life, like going for a hike sometimes bring me such happiness. Going for a drive sometimes brings me happiness. My friend's in the car and we're just having a conversation, sipping on some tea. Trust me, it's great. Those little things mean so much to me, so much to me. But keep in mind, it's it's that I shed myself of so many things that I was so attached to that it just whittled down to these little things that, that I need just for me. And it's not a lot. And who knew I wasn't that high maintenance? So I lost that friend. And I'm okay with it. And I wish her an abundance of joy and happiness in wherever and whatever she's doing right now. But I know that she, she won't understand unless she goes through that journey for herself. Sign number 10. Spirituality becomes an important part of your life. The desire to find meaning and fulfillment within your spirituality will likely become one of your biggest priorities. And that is very true. The desire to find meaning and fulfillment in my life and through spirituality is something that is is a big deal to me. And as much as I've tried to ignore it over the years, I there are certain things that I do on a daily basis that is quite spiritual that I didn't notice I was doing until, of course, I started repaying attention to my patterns and realizing that that, that was me continually connecting to that spiritual energy that is within me and around me. Sign 11, increased authenticity. With an awakening comes confidence and a deep sense of self-worth. You will lose interest in conforming to cultural norms or remain politically correct. Instead, a real complete sense of satisfaction with who you are and the choices you have made. Many awakened people are influencers. They don't aspire to have followers. The act of being themselves is one of their most appealing traits, and that does not include perfection. They are just who they are, and they accept their flaws and all with love. Sign number 12, you realize everyone is on their own path. You will become more accepting of the idea that everyone else is on their own unique path. Things such as winning an argument or convincing people of your point of view doesn't matter as much anymore. Sign number 13, your teachers find you. (laughs) I really like that. Your spiritual teachers may appear everywhere with perfect timing to help you. They may be a kind stranger in the store, a new friend you, you met by chance, or a literal spiritual or religious figure and i can say with certainty that i have met all of these individuals uh, throughout my lifetime that has educated me on on everything that i'm going through at that time it reminds me of a book i read years ago called the five people you meet in heaven if you have not read that book i would suggest that you do it's a short book you should be able to finish it in a day if you want to or you can decide to spread it out with a few pages in a few days a week And it was a very interesting read, and I truly enjoyed it. So definitely go and read that book. Sign 14, your senses are heightened. Senses will often become heightened during spiritual awakening. As you become more tuned into the present moment, this includes sensitivities to physical, emotional, or energetic stimuli. You feel more connected to nature and that is something that i can say i do i really do the energy that i feel whenever i'm in nature is beautiful the energy that i feel when i look at my plants which are in my home 
or just stand near it or just touch it. I can literally feel the vibration coming from nature and it just feels like I'm breathing for the first time. I just feel like I'm floating above the trees and touching them, that I am flying above the water and touching the water. That is how being in nature makes me feel. Sign 15, fear of death. They say when you experience spiritual awakening, the fear of death is removed. All fear decreases generally as an individual becomes more awakened. This might be due to the lack of attachments. Your own demise seems less tragic. When, you, when you're focused on living in the present and stop worrying so much about the future or regretting the past, you tend to feel this way. You feel awakened. When consciousness is seen as transcending a physical body, the loss of this body feels less tragic. Seeing death as an inevitability as part of your process allows for peace and removes fear. Awakened people have a level of well-being that seems to be more consistent. You know that there is a mind-body connection, which translate to people who are happier, are also healthier. Spiritual awakening practices that you can do at home or everywhere that you go, the activities that will help you to open yourself fully to spiritual awakening are meditation, spending time outside, so nature is a good start, laughing, dancing, connecting with your community by volunteering, practicing gratitude, slow down, not everything has to be a rush. <laughs> Those are the practices that you can put into place to help awaken your senses, awaken your awaken you spiritually, and maybe even help lead you to uh, enlightenment if you prefer to awaken first and then find enlightenment. I, on the other hand, prefer to go through the enlightenment process so I understand where I'm going and where I came from. And then once I reach that level of awakening, it's just complete inner peace. Spending time focusing on being yourself fully. Find your peace. This concludes part one of spiritual awakening. The third eye will be on next week's episode where I'll be able to break that down because again, I am so interested in learning about the third eye. I have heard about this from many people before and I just want to understand the concept. Uh, if, if Once I go through the research, if it turns out that my third eye isn't already open, I am definitely going to be seeking to open my third eye because that is cool. I just want to basically walk out of this experience feeling like a Buddha. <laughs> I am just completely above all materialistic things and I'm just focused on inner peace and love and appreciating this planet that we are on. I cannot wait for that. So next episode will be more on focus on third eye. This episode, I really wanted to break down enlightenment and awakening and just kind of of explaining the process that you will be going through once you're on this journey if you have not already been on this journey. And if you have been on this journey, you are definitely going to connect with a lot of the things that I have discussed in this podcast episode. Thank you for supporting the Orchid Blooms podcast. Visit our website at taonetwork.ca. And of course, you know about two of our social media pages, but let me give you all of them all over again. Facebook at the Ambitious Obsession Network, Instagram at the Ambitious Net, and Twitter at the Ambitious ops my personal twitter instagram and tiktok again is at orchid eye brown don't forget to click the follow button of the podcast and subscribe button if they give you that option and share your favorite episode with your family and your friends again to continue the success of this podcast i would ask all of you to leave a review if that is possible on the platform that you are listening to this podcast episode on if the if there is an option please leave a review make sure you like and share 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 thank you so much for your support and i hope you have a splendid day